Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. The most, I'll tell you what, dear listener, if you can't hear us, if you can't download it, if there's anything wrong, don't blame us. Not our fault. Blame iTunes. Blame your internet provider. Clearly, it's not us. If you can't get to the website, lessons learned from DonaldTrump.com, and get the advanced tip every week, blame the Internet. Blame whoever invented the damn thing or whoever your Internet provider is or something, but clearly it's not our fault. Here on the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, and it's certainly not the fault of my co-host, who is completely faultless and unbelievably fantastic, it's Mr. Everett Farnell. You know, just to make sure that you understand that it's not our fault, what we're going to do, that it's the fault of your ISP and it's the fault of iTunes, is we're going to go ahead and make the link available to anybody who can get to it. But the problem is you're not going to be able to get to it because your ISP won't let you and because iTunes is not going to let you download it. So if you're having trouble, don't blame us because it's them. So we're going to prove it. We're going to give you the link, and you're not going to be able to download it. And you're going to come back to us and say, sorry that we had, sorry that we were blaming you for the problem. Now we're going to go and blame the people who really caused the problem in the first place. So, so you're going to give the listeners a solution that isn't actually a solution. Well, because we don't have the solution because we didn't, sorry, we didn't cause the problem. We didn't cause the problem. We can't fix the problem. So therefore, we need to get the blame properly on the party who actually caused the problem and can fix it. Exactly. All right. I like that. <laughs> All right. So we'll leave it at that. And speaking of which, that just happens to be our topic this week, is this whole nonsense going on at the border, which would be amusing if it wasn't just so obviously not amusing and just ridiculous. But the, the anti-Trumpers who have... Every single thing they've tried to take him down, of course, has backfired, and Trump keeps rising in the polls and being stronger and stronger, and everyone loves him more and more. So now they're latching on to this, oh, the poor illegal criminals that are coming across the border are getting separated from their kids, and this is un-American, it's not who we are, the Statue of Liberty is crying, blah, 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 Donald Trump is a Nazi, Hitler, inhumane, he hates kids, babies, grandmas, and wants to throw them off the cliff, and the earth is ending because of Donald Trump, he caused all this, it's his problem, and Trump sits there, and for some reason, for a few days, went back at him like the three-year-olds they were being, and he went back at him and said, nah, 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 I didn't do it, you did it. It's not my fault, it's your fault. And so he had like two two-year-olds fighting it out for a while, and then Trump realized to use the strategy we were just joking about, which is shift the blame and the responsibility, act like you're solving the problem, which won't really solve the problem, but it'll uncover the fact that the blame lies somewhere else other than you. And that's what Donald Trump just did with his clearly illegal, bogus executive order. 
Right. He, he wrote an executive order, but he clearly does not have the authority to write that says that the kid, the children are now going to be kept with the parents in the detention facility, which is absolutely in contradiction to a 2016 ruling that caused all this shit in the first place, right? Because now nobody cared until now Trump is president. But this has been going on since 2016. Well, by definition, it can't be inhumane if Barack Obama's doing it because he's such right. a great guy. <laughs> But there's a there's a, a this was in response to a court order. You know, we've always tried not to be political, but we do need to give some background for the folks so they understand what's going on in case some of our listeners are not up to date with all of the nuances of the politics. So in 2016, a court order of the, the Ninth District Court of Appeal, uh, the most liberal court in in the country, said that if not the world. Um, Yes, yeah, not the world said that they were not allowed to see it up until this order. What they did is children were not allowed to be held in detention facilities by themselves. So if they were with their parents, then the par- they stayed with their parents in the detention facility. But if they were there by themselves, then they would be put into foster care, or some other kind of facility. They weren't allowed to keep them in the detention facility. That's what happened in 2016 when the Ninth District Court of Appeals said, no, you're not allowed to keep kids in the detention facility at all. You're not allowed. There are no kids in the detention facility, even if their parents are in there. So, they're, so they're, Well, because if you do, the Statue of Liberty is going to start crying, and we don't want that. Right. So the Obama administration said, okay, that's fine. Now we'll take the kids out of the detention facility and put them in a facility that's, you know, foster care or some other child, whatever facility, temporary facility, whatever. You know, they said, okay, we'll take the kids away from the parents and put them over here. And that was fine until just recently when the crazy, insane Trump, uh, you know, derangement syndrome people decided that they had to figure out something to be mad at Trump about, so they decided to be mad about him over this, even though it's been going on for years and nobody has given a shit, right? So now all of a sudden, all of the progressives and all of the anti-Trumpers are are, are wringing their hands and crying and, and you know, and crocodile tears about the poor children. Rachel Maddow broke down on, on her show the other night, and she just couldn't read the story because the children were being put in the uh, and, and nobody gave a shit. The children she didn't now. care about a week ago. <laughs> yeah, but she, she didn't give a shit until now that she's, it's a reason to be pissed off at Trump. So this is not something that Trump is doing, but he's catching hell for it. And he tried to he tried to tell everybody what the real problem was. Listen, we can't, I, it's out of my hands. We can't do it. We, we, I need Congress to do it. But none of the Democrats will, will do it. Well, you have a majority in Congress. Yes, but I need 60 people in the Senate in order to get anything passed. So we don't have 60. We have 59. I need nine Democrats to come over and agree that we need to fix this thing. I'd like to fix it, but I can't fix it because I don't have the authority to fix it. And everybody said, oh, it's your administration doing a no. So, so fine. He says, so, okay, fine. Here, here's an executive order. Now it's fixed. And what's going to happen is if anybody challenges that executive order in court, they're going to, they're going to throw it out because the president can't just countermand the decision well, of course. with an executive order. That's basically and we know that out. because Barack Obama is the one that said that. Right. So, 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 here, so if he specifically went against the court order, which he's not allowed to do, so if anybody challenges it, that executive order will be kicked out faster than you can, before you can blame. It's brilliant no blame shifting. No but now the problem's fixed. See, I fixed the problem. Or I fixed another. Here, so now, now here's how it comes out for Trump. I fixed the, another problem I fixed. Thank you very much. Right? So good. I fixed another problem that I inherited from the Obama administration. Or winning, it gets challenged in court and get it, kicked, <laughs> it, gets, it gets kicked out. And then he says, see, I told you I don't have the authority to fix the problem. I need Congress to fix the problem. It's the judges over here and it's the Congress over there. 
and I'm just sitting here trying to figure out how to fix it. Nobody will, nobody will get on board my ship and fix it. And so no matter what happens, he comes out smelling like roses. And that's well, and that's where Trump missed an opportunity, the marketing master. He should have called it the Obama broke it, but I'm going to fix it <laughs> and give Congress some time to get off their butt and do their job executive order, and I'm signing it today. Right. That would have been a perfect thing for it. <laughs> that would have been a wonderful name for it. So, so yeah, and, and, yeah, I can say. see the headline, the New York Times, it takes up the entire first upper half of the paper. <laughs> oh, Trump man. signs the, <laughs> Obama screwed it up, but I'm fixing it, <laughs> and Congress needs to get off their ass executive order. <laughs> oh, man, they, they, there would be people from sea to shining sea crying tears of blood. They, would just, they wouldn't be able to handle it. In the meantime, okay, so we see that Trump did this, and he's now setting the stage, as you say, to deflect the responsibility off of him into somebody else where it actually belongs. But he had to take that action to make it look like he wasn't just saying, it's not my problem. He made it, he, he didn't have to, but very smart that he made it look like, hey, I tried my best. I, do, I did everything I could, and when it gets shot down, he can shift the blame to the courts or the Congress, or the Democrat, or anybody else, because, hey, I did my best. So what is the application of this to our listeners, to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the business owners of the world that make the world go round? What kind of lesson do they have to learn from this? Well, there's no doubt that we as business owners catch hell for stuff that's beyond our control. Like this is, I'm not saying anything that's revolutionary or that any business owner who's owned a business for more than, you know, four or five minutes hasn't figured out. But we catch hell for stuff that we don't have control over. So what you need to do is you need to be able to address the problem, right? You need to be able to shift the blame for these kind of things in a very nice, very rational way, intelligent way to the people who are real, who, who are really the problem. And you need to be able to do it without sounding like a 12-year-old going, but it's not my fault, it's their fault, wah, 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 which is what Trump sounded like originally, right? He originally came off like a screaming 12-year-old saying, it's their fault, it's their fault, it's their fault. And it didn't work. So everybody still blamed him. So he had to he had to change tactics. So what we've got to do is we've got to know how to how how to when when we start catching hell for something that's beyond our control, we need to to remember how to shift ourselves to the other side of the table and be on the customer's side, giving hell to where the blame actually lies. So for example, in the animal business, we did a lot of insurance work. Insurance work can be incredibly frustrating for a homeowner because insurance companies are basically assholes, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> the job of the claims adjuster is to say no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some adjusters... Well, His job is to deny the claim enough times yeah. till a, a squeaky wheel maybe will get some grease, but their job is to say no at least three times to no matter what the claim is. Right. So some, some adjusters I met were very nice and very good and they... And they tried to figure out how to cover an item if it was covered. They looked for coverage. Other adjusters acted like they were cutting the check out of their out of their personal account, and it was like pulling teeth. So that can be very frustrating for the homeowner. But now a homeowner has spent years sometimes, sometimes decades if they're older, an older homeowner, with the same insurance company. They've trusted the insurance company. They've got a great relationship with the agent because it's the agent's job to keep maintain a great relationship with them. They, uh, they've been a customer of the insurance company for years. And now they've known me for six weeks, and I'm trying to help them. And I've, you know, I mean, I've done some trapping around the house. I've gotten rid of the animal, but now I'm trying to help them get the claim. The adjuster will tell them that that I'm the 
I wish I could, but they're, this, this estimate that they're giving me is just so overblown. I can't approve their estimate. And they, well, I mean, the estimate was, was done with industry software, with industry estimating software, but the, instead of sitting them down and going over each line item, the adjuster just says, oh, well, you know, they, they want $25,000 to do your job. And the homeless, I don't want to buy direct, right? So now we get the call, and we're catching hell because the insurance company wants to deny the claim. And somehow it's our fault. So now what we had to do, we had to figure out how to very elegantly and nicely sit down with the customer and reposition ourselves on the on the same side of the table as the customer. Listen, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, customer, you and I are on the same boat. We want your house fixed. We want your house clean. You want it done because you live there and you deserve to have a clean environment without animal waste and parasites and this kind of stuff. We want to do it because that's how we make our money and because we want to take care of you as a customer. So we both have the same goal. It's the insurance company who's telling you that they're not going to pay it. Now, the estimate that we sent over to them was done with their software. What? It was done with their software, Mr. and Mrs. Custom. He probably didn't tell you that, did he? No, he didn't. Okay, so now we have to very calmly and very nicely, instead of going, no, they're assholes and they're trying to, nah, 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 nah. we have to position ourselves so that the customer will reach their blame onto the adjuster. And that's how you do it, is because you can't shift the blame onto the insurance company because the insurance company, they know, love, that's their agent, they've been working, they've been buying insurance with them for 20 years. What you got to do is you, you got to adjust the blame onto the so that's a very specific situation that I face on a regular basis. Any contractor doing insurance work will also face that same kind of thing. But whatever it is in your business, you've got to figure out when you're catching hell for something that's not your fault and that you don't have control over, then you need to figure out how to be able to shift the attention of the person you're catching hell from you and onto the other person whose responsibility the problem really is. I hope that makes sense to everybody. And I hope they take that advice to heart and they use it in their business because one thing is for sure, like you said in the beginning, these problems are going to arise and they're going to happen with your vendors, with your customers, with your employees. There are going to be all kinds of complaints about situations that technically are out of your control and yet if you don't play your cards right, you're going to get blamed for them. That's the lesson learned this week from Donald Trump is when you do get blamed for something that's not your fault to take the two steps that you saw Trump do. Number one, take an action to make it seem like you're doing your best to fix it, even if you know that's going to be shot down and not allowed. And then when it gets shot down and not allowed, step two is you'll then easily be able to blame the entity or the person or whoever it is that shot it down and didn't allow it. Pretty simple. And you're seeing Donald Trump this week with his executive order on this separation of families at the border thing that he did step one. Later on, you will see step two once the courts shoot that down. And just one more example, if you don't mind me telling one more story, just maybe somebody will find something in this story to relate to. And the roofing business, this was with my employees now. This wasn't with a customer. OSHA has some pretty specific requirements for people who are working on roofs. You have their safety equipment that you have to wear. The problem is the safety equipment actually makes things more dangerous, believe it or not. So it's, it's a pain in the ass. Is that the definition of irony? Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. So let me rephrase that, okay? The safety equipment addresses one very specific situation that almost never happens. That is falling off the roof. However, it makes everything else working on the roof more dangerous. So it addresses one very specific tiny sliver of danger, but then substantially increases the rest of the danger because you're anch- what basically you have to wear a harness, and the harness has to be anchored to an anchor. So if you fall off, you're you know you get caught in the harness. The problem is is that with you know you got eight guys running around the roof and 
they all wear harnesses that are all anchored to an anchor and they got ropes attached to them and they're tripping over each other's ropes and getting tangled up and it's a fucking nightmare. So it addresses one situation, falling off the roof, but then there's about a million other situations, tripping, falling, landing on nails, falling when you're carrying bundles of shingles, tripping over people. There's all kinds of other things that make it more dangerous. So a little more specific. It, it, well, the way you describe it, it sounds more like mountain climbing. That's exactly what they would do. And it, it's a similar type of climb. Anyway, yeah, but I've seen uh, enough movies to see that, that the one guy slips and falls and suddenly pulls out everybody's thing from the mountain, and then they're all flying right. down the mountain. Well, they're not, they're, they're not latched together like, uh, uh, in a row like mountain climbers are. They're, they're all anchored to an anchor, but they're not, they're not latched in series. So here's the thing, though, is that everybody hates wearing them for obvious reasons. So when I said you got to wear the safety harnesses, and all of the employees, just their, their arms shot in the air. So frankly, we're doing enough roofs, and we're getting bigger. A lot of small guys can get around this because you're doing run roof for one roof a week or you're doing a you know two, three hundred or $400,000 a year in sales. You can sometimes get around that stuff. But once you get up over a million, million and a half a year and you're growing, you're going to get looked at. Oh, it's just coming around to poke around. And so we had to put these safety protocols in place, and everybody was angry and everybody was pissed and nobody wanted to wear them. And what I had to do is I had to readjust the blame for me telling my employees because I'm the boss, I'm telling my employees you got to wear these safety harnesses. They all hate wearing the safety harnesses. With the crew leaders, I had to let them know it's not me. I understand that it's a pain in the ass. It's OSHA. And the problem is, is that OSHA is going to charge me $10,000 for every person not wearing a harness properly if they come out and look at the roof. So here's my question. Do you have the money to pay if your guys aren't wearing the harnesses properly? Do you have fifty or $60,000 to pay OSHA? No. Okay, well, neither do I. I mean, I got fifty or $60,000, but I don't have it for OSHA. I don't have $50,000 $60, for OSHA. So we're not paying that kid. And I had to shift. I don't like them. If you're willing to take the heat for the fine, then fine. You do it. We'll, we'll put it together and you'll hold me harmless for it. Now, of course, that wouldn't fly in any court, and, and but I knew the guy wouldn't do it anyway. But if you're not willing to do that, then I have to have you wear the harnesses because I'm not going to pay that kind of fine because you guys don't want to wear harnesses. I had to shift the blame from me to OSHA. OSHA's the son of a bitch, not me. I'm just the guy who's caught in the middle. I'm with you. Those harnesses are fucking stupid. So you just got to, you got to shift the blame once again. You got to let the people know who are mad at you that you're not the cause of the problem. Somebody else is the cause of the problem. You're just stuck in the middle, just like they're stuck in the middle. Folks, you know, it's interesting. Before he told that story, the second story right there, Everett said, I'm going to tell one more. And if you think that we only have two stories to tell and we have only two areas to teach you about, that's absolute lunacy. As always, we have an advanced tip of the week where we get into more situations and actually an advanced way of dealing with this that goes even beyond what you saw Trump did. And to get that, all you have to do is go to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com and that's where you can get the advanced tip of the week this week and every week. Speaking of which, we will see you again back here next week, same time, same place, unless iTunes screws up and then it's not our fault. It's your ISP's fault and it's iTunes' fault and it's Apple's fault and it's somebody else's fault, but it's clearly not our fault because we did the best we possibly could to make sure it was fixed, even though that's not going to fix anything. Make sense? Great. See you next week. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com and join us next time, unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.